Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Caruso, right wing, jab step, puts up a three. He got it. Willie Caruso stays hot from beyond the arc. Hands off to Wirtz. He fires a corner three. He's got it again. Wirtz bounces into Richards, who feeds Frankich, who does a circus shot off the glass. Count it and the foul. Edie, crossover, step back, left elbow, puts up a two, puts it in. Backdoor Caruso, the one-handed hammer. Willie Caruso brings the crowd to its feet. Welcome, everyone, to the final episode that I will host of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, and you can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Believe Podcast website, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you are, if you have not already, please rate and subscribe, even though I'm done hosting the show after today. Any and all feedback is still appreciated for my career going forward. Joining me for the entirety of the show today, a very special guest who, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you've heard his name quite a bit, junior forward for the Santa Clara Broncos, Josip Frankich. It's great to have you on the Thank show. You. Thank you for having me, Max. Absolutely. Well, let's get let's get right into it, starting with the WCC tournament, which we just barely got in yeah. with the coronavirus situation. Uh, thankfully, we wrapped that up on on Tuesday. So you have Gonzaga knocking off St. Mary's 84 to 66 in the WCC title game. The Gales kind of kept it close early, but they were knocking down a ridiculous amount of shots in the early going. Gonzaga eventually just pulled away. Yeah. Uh, It was a good game, man. Uh, At the beginning, uh, Ford and Fitz, they were hot. They were hitting all their shots. Um, Gonzaga is just, they're a big team, you know, and I think St. Mary's this year, they really lacked in size. They didn't have a lot of big men, so just eventually over time, they just started to Gonzaga just start, kept on hitting their shots and just wouldn't fall for St. Mary's. So. You, you've played against Gonzaga six times now in your yeah. three years here at Santa Clara. You'll get two more cracks at them yeah. in your senior year next season. But what is it about them that makes them so tough, and how are they able to lock and reload every, every single year, year yeah. no matter who they lose? Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is just the, like, the pace and the consistency they play at. You know, They got five guys that you know they can all bring up the ball. You know, They play at a ridiculous pace, and... You know, their bigs are huge. Every year, I think that's what they're known for. They're not, like, traditional when it comes to having, like, a four-man that's kind of a bit of a guard. They got two, like, really big bigs, and they found it inside a lot. So I think that's the reason why they've been so consistent throughout the years. Well, they won uh, the WCC tournament after losing to the Gales in an upset a season ago. Now, normally that would give them the automatic bid, but we, of course received the depressing news in the college basketball world today, which is that March Madness has been canceled. Yeah. Cue any and all sad music that you could possibly <laughs> think of right here. Now, to get to that championship game, BYU uh, had to lose to those St. Mary's Gales in the semifinals, 51-50. to 50. Not exactly an offensive yeah. shootout. No. I think Virginia and Tony Bennett would be <laughs> really happy with, with sure. the outcome of that game. But Jordan Ford just kind of willed them to victory there after an even better performance in the quarterfinals against Pepperdine. Uh, Ford is a guy who, for the first couple of years, Yosef, did not do a whole lot yeah. with St. Mary's. They had other guys. They had Joe Rahon, Emmett Narr, Calvin Hermanson, Jock Landale. But since becoming the guy, he, he's really exploded, and he's a tough guard. Yeah, I remember playing him when we were – I was a sophomore, and uh, that was the year when they were ranked like 15th in the country. They had Emmett Narr, uh, Jock Landale, Hermanson, and they still didn't make the tournament. And yeah, it was bogus. Yeah. Straight bogus. And I remember, I remember Krebs, um, they're three men now. Like, he was starting and, like, playing a lot, and he was a sophomore. And I didn't even hear, hear a forward. He, like, came off the bench. He might have averaged, like, a couple points a game, but I didn't know who he was. And 
you know, uh, last year, this junior year, he took a huge leap. I mean, yep. the way he was playing, he destroyed us <laughs> in the last two years. And even this year, I mean, he's averaging 20 some points a game, conference tournament, averaged close to probably 30, 35. He's just a heck of a player, and he's so good in that uh, slow-paced system where he just, anytime he wants a ball screen or wants a shot, you know, the offense can provide that for him. So it's a great fit for him and hell, hell of a player. I, I actually find it to be kind of an interesting fit because usually when you have guys who are good in transition, which yeah, Ford is, very he's very explosive. Yeah. He's got a great first step, strong ability to finish around the basket. Yeah. We saw that Tuesday night against Gonzaga, yeah. but usually those types of guys will thrive in an, in a fast paced yeah. system where they, they get a lot of shots and you're in transition. You know, you think of like Mike D'Antoni with the Rockets exactly. and that's when the, guards thrive. The but Suns with Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah. The, the Suns with Steve Nash, the same the same sort of deal. But Ford is able to put up those types of gaudy numbers leading the WCC in scoring each of the last two years. Uh, Childs didn't play enough games for BYU yeah. technically to qualify, but hey, that, that's it doesn't matter. Even uh, the technicality win is still a it's win still for a Jordan win. Ford, but he's able to put up these amazing numbers even in that slow system. I think that's a testament to how good he really yeah, is. Yeah, good for him for buying into the system. You know, he did a great job doing that because on other team, he's probably a running gun kind of guy, but you know, he's really patient. Even when he's off, he doesn't really force it. He's really patient, but at the end of every game, he gets his, so. That's all you can ask for in a in a point guard. Yeah. Now in the quarterfinal, I don't know if you saw any no, of this game. Yeah, yeah, the St. Mary's Pepperdine game, Crazy. a wild, Crazy. wild yeah. double overtime game. Colby Ross had forty three points. Jordan Ford had forty two, which is just insane. It doesn't even sound right yeah. when you say it. Like one of the craziest games that not a lot of national college basketball exactly, fans yeah. probably watch. But those are two of the best guards, yeah. frankly, in the country. I would I would put them up there. With any other conference, saying I would two too. Best guards in the country, because man, those guys are. Colby Ross is a dog. As much as I hate to play against them, it's fun <laughs> to watch. You know, like seeing it from the outside, man. In the moment, you hate them, but you've got to appreciate it when you're watching it from afar. And two incredible players. Um, they do so much for their team. You know, it's hard to think of a team, Pepperdine or St. Marysville, Colby Ross or Jordan Ford. You know, but. It's just, yeah, it's fun to watch. Really fun to watch. Yeah, they 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 were putting on an absolute clinic yeah. offensively. And both of them were doing it efficiently, too. I think they both had less than 30 shots. Yeah, incredible. And, and they both had 40 points, which is which is pretty absurd. Um, now, you were able to, uh, in a way, get the best of, of Jordan Ford once this year yeah. up in St. Mary's. For those of you who did not listen uh, to this show back then, you can go back and check out that episode and what was probably Santa Clara's best win in the 2019-2020 basketball campaign. Uh, in case you missed it, here were, uh, here's what the end of that game sounded like featuring this guy, Josip Frankich. Here's Wirtz. He's got the last five for Santa Clara to Justice in the far corner. They want to go to Vrankic. He is alone against Foto on the left block. Bounces his way into the lane. Spins to his left hand. Lays it in. Santa Clara, two-point lead. Wirtz picks up his dribble. He's trapped. Hands off to Vrankic. Gives it back to Wirtz at the top of the key. Trey driving down the lane. Layup is up. No good. Vrankic the rebound. He can't get the putback. Rebound again, and he scores. Yosef Vrankic scores. It's a one-point Santa Clara. Dukas will inbound from the far side of the basket on the baseline. Box formation with Menzies, Ford, Krebs, and Fitz for St. Mary's. 2.3 seconds, one-point game. Here we go. It's Fitz, right elbow, takes the dribble, fades away from 12 for the win. It's an air ball. Santa Clara has won. Can you believe that? That was your guys' first win up in Moraga since 2014. You'd lost eight straight games 
to the Gales. W- what was that game like uh, for you and the rest of the Santa Clara team? That game was incredible to be a part of. Uh, we came into that game, I think, it was it was different because there had been a lot uh, in the preseason of how much St. Mary's had beat on us in the past years and how right. much. Um, there's a lot of things building up to that moment, and then the morning of the shoot-around, they didn't let us uh, shoot around in their gym. So we, why, why not? It's just, I don't know, we're probably scheduling or whatever. So, like, you know how coaches... Were they on top of coronavirus at that yeah, time? Exactly. All the way back in, Two months in January? Ago, yeah. <laughs> so our coaches kept on, like, reminding us about, like, what, what they were doing, how, like, they didn't... Like, it was just, like, a kind of, like, a personal thing. So having that win, something that no one, like, frankly, since, you know, Herb's been here, was a part of. And, yeah. Um, it, it was a great experience. It was, the guys were just so bought in. Everyone played so hard. We were just, it was, like, a collective, like, unit. It was just... You know, it was going to be one of the, like, the best moments of my like sports career for sure. Yeah, no, it, it was a thrilling game to be a part of. Yeah. you got a packed environment up there Huge, at, at the UCU yeah. Pavilion in St. Mary's. is generally a rival of your guys. This yeah. is you hadn't been able to That's beat what them I'm saying. since 2015. It was yeah. Coach Sendek's first win uh, against the Gales during his tenure against his identical clone in Randy yeah, Bennett. exactly. Um, we, the number of jokes we made on the broadcast this year, endless and funny every time. Every time. It does not get old. <laughs> it does yeah, yeah. Like, there, there were times where uh, when you guys played them in the Levy Center, yeah. you know, we were behind the coaches. So oh. we get a lot of the back of yeah. their heads. Just, so when we yeah. look at them from behind, we're like, uh, they, they might have switched places. We have, we have absolutely no, no idea, idea. Yeah. no idea if, if they switch places or not. But, you know, you guys have played some close battles with St. Mary's over the last couple of years. Last year's game in uh, Moraga was close throughout, but the Gales kind of kept yeah, you at an arm's distance. A similar result in the Levy Center in last year's campaign. What, what finally clicked for you guys up in Moraga? I think it was just finding a way to get over that hump. We were down at like five at one point, I think. Down five with 240 to 240 go. 240 to and you go. came back and won. It was just like we had no choice but to win that game. Like it was just, we we just couldn't lose. Like right. We just come off a bad loss from San Fran. They absolutely. I know me personally. I I played horrible that game. So it was just doing everything I can, like without having any excuses, um, just just to win that game because like it, it really did mean a lot to, a lot to us. Right. Yeah. It was it was an awesome game to be a part of. Uh, and a phenomenal basketball game. I think it was on ESPNU. It was on ESPNU. Uh, yeah. You know that that's that's even better. Exactly. Even better, man. Exactly. The bigger stage that you can win that win that better. kind of thing. I think it was probably Santa Clara basketball's biggest win since BYU in uh, 2017. Yeah, in 2017. That was the year before you got there. Yeah, I remember that though. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the student section for that game. Oh, okay. I had not yet made my way over <laughs> to the broadcasting booth. You had not yet yeah. made your way down down to campus. But so certainly. Uh, St. Mary's was a highlight of this season. Talk about kind of just uh, the campaign at large. You know, you get off to yeah. the great start record-wise. Conference play gets off to yeah. a, a, a pretty good start, and then there's the, a stumbling yeah. period down the stretch. Like, w- when you guys realized your season ended uh, last Friday against Pepperdine in the yeah. WCC tournament, games that we're going to get to uh, a little bit later in the show, w- when you guys all realized that the season was over, what, what were your takeaways from the year? It was, it was hard. You know, I still, I still feel like we got a couple games coming up. I still feel like, you know, we have a practice on Monday. But, you know, it was, it was, it was definitely easier this year than last year because we're losing no seniors. Right. So usually, usually that last game of the year, you're in the locker room hugging your seniors, you know, you're getting sad. But it was kind of like understanding that, yo, like, Next year is now or nothing. Like we have nothing but but us right now. So we weren't we weren't too hurt because you know it sucks that the season's over, but like us being together isn't over. And I think that that moment helped us realize how important we have, like how important this time is together. And 
we got to make the most out of it. So I think it was just like an understanding that, yo, like this sucks now, but we don't want to feel this pain again. Right. So using that motivation and fuel for next year, um, starting when we get back in spring workouts, I mean, it's going to be, I think that, that, that locker room is going to be on our minds for a long time. And I think it's great, great fuel to, for the next year. But in terms of how the season went, I mean, it started off really well, like you said, and then kind of dropped off uh, near the end of conference. And it was just hard. Um, our bench kept on getting thinner and thinner. Yeah, that was, br- that was brutal. Um, at one point, you know, we had like seven guys healthy out of practice. Like it was just, it was just a bunch of things just accumulating to, you know, us not performing to our capabilities. You should have called me in to scrimmage against <laughs> you guys <laughs> at, at needed, practice. Needed all the numbers we could get. Yeah. No, it's tough. I mean, you can't control injuries like that. And that's definitely not an excuse, but it definitely did not help our cause. Right. right, right. Yeah. I, I think that. You know, we got used to not having Willie Caruso yeah. uh, from from a broadcasting perspective. Is you know, we came in every game after he went down with the foot injury, yeah. thinking or knowing that he was not going to play or limited, and we just got used to that. I yeah. think Jaden Bediaco did a, a spectacular job. Yeah. You can't have a better a better freshman. I know my my freshman year was similar. That kind of get thrown into the yeah. fire and say go at it. So I'm happy for the guy, man. I hope I hope we can find a way to you know have Willie and JB going. 100% at the same time, you know what I mean? Having both those guys just give us such great value because they're just such talented players, such hard workers. Yeah. So, yeah. I think yeah. Jaden, particularly at the defensive end, was it's, outstanding. It's this tough. Year. I think it's tough coming in as a freshman uh, to lock it on defense because there's so many different. I mean, in high school, we just kind of like, hey, go out there and play, like score 50, you know what I'm saying? Stuff right. like that. But in college, so many details, coverages, what to do when he gets it, what to do when he gets it. If there's two minutes in the game, are we doing that? Like, are you sure? You know, so yeah. many different coverages. So him him buying into that and, you know, like locking in and trying to figure those out. I mean, I'm very proud of the guy. Uh, happy for him, too. Yeah. You know, I, I really think he did as good a job as you could have asked for. I mean, exactly. he, led, he led you guys in scoring a couple times. Yeah. He was cleaning up on the glass. He was blocking shots. Yeah. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago in an interview. He's a huge personality. Huge personality. Huge. Which no one knows about. <laughs> you, you wouldn't guess you it. You wouldn't guess it. There's just something about him that you don't think he's going to be exactly. like that. Then you talk to him. He lights up, he lights up a room. He and just, he is just a ball of fire. I remember because... I, I've been with him years back. We, we played on the national team together. So me and him were on Team Canada. We went to Valdivia, Chile together. Like, we were, like, really? we were teammates. Yeah. What was that like? I, was, I didn't know JB that much <laughs> back then, but it was cra- crazy experience, by the way. Wow. Just insane. Going to play basketball in Chile. Wow, yeah. It was like, it was How's your Spanish? Terrible. <laughs> I guess, horrible. Didn't even try. There was a, there was a, it was the winter time. So we were we were down by like the water, and there were there was like a port for like sea lions, you know how, you know how in Pier Thirty Nine they have like yeah. the, like I don't know yeah. what they're called, but they're the ones seals with like the the seals yeah but yeah. they were like the ones that they were in Chile were like with the tusks and like sea lions like a walrus, a walrus. like it looks like a walrus yeah, I I think I, and they're just everywhere everywhere like walk down the street and there was like and then like they had they had locals there that were like slapping it and stuff like it was. <laughs> It was an experience I will never forget. But anyways, yeah, so I didn't know much I didn't know much about him cuz he was a young guy. He was like right. 16, 17 at the time and I was like I was 2 years older, so he didn't really talk that much. It's normal. You know, you're coming to a team yeah, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. Like you yeah. And then he comes here like the first couple months nothing. We got to the point where at the beginning it was hey like can you talk more to now like yo JB stop talking like we're tired of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's not funny anymore like be quiet. So, now that he's now that he's found his yeah, confidence, yeah. he's all about. This is what it came he, down he's to. All, he's, he's all about chatting it up. He just won't. Yeah, so great guy. Yeah, Hilarious. no, I I love talking to yeah. him uh, and all the guys on the team. Really, I mean, they all they all seem like fun. Oh yeah, fun guys. Yeah, to talk. No, I like I like talking to Trey too. Trey's too. Trey's a little too quiet, but 
See, with me, I didn't. I I got the really? vibe that with other people, uh-huh. he was more quiet. But for whatever reason, when I interviewed him, yeah. like he he was laughing, he was joking, he Trey's was talking. A- do you know he didn't play point guard in high school? Not, not at all. Position change for him big time. Like <laughs> big time. That's like going from receiver to quarterback yeah. in football. No, he was like uh, that's not the same. Yeah, he, he was like a spot up shooter. Um but okay, credit to him, man. I mean He's made the adjustment. Made the adjustment absolutely. playing well. You know, Abs- absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think that Betty Aka was, you know, a a, a fascinating storyline to watch because he's filling in for Willie, and while I do think he he really did as good a job as you could have asked of a true freshman in those moments in a couple games where Caruso came back onto the court, yeah. and then you saw what he could do, yeah. and how efficient, how effective he was, it was kind of that little feeling of, oh right, that's what that's what we're missing yeah. right now. I think Jaden defensively. He admitted to me he's got he had some uh, some improvements to of, do of course. like what you're Ask talking about everyone. with yeah. rotations not fouling guys stuff. and all that kind of stuff but I think that he's closer in that respect to Willie than he is offensively where Caruso can stretch the floor yeah. he's just a little bit more skilled inside yeah. you know we call him the Italian stallion yeah, great on name. on the broadcast yeah. I I love the name as well He's certainly a guy that, as time goes on, you're like, all right, maybe we're missing him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, definitely. It hurts. I mean, when he was playing, he was our leading scorer, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. And he was the uh, second or third most efficient scorer yeah, in the WCC. So if, if, if you're shooting uh, 70% from the field and lead, lead, lead the team in scoring, I mean, you kind of miss that a little yeah. bit, right? But, again, you can't really control that. So you just got to keep on, you know, finding ways to, like, fill for him, you know, I think. Right. I know when he left, I, I personally, I took way more shots of him being gone, you know, just having, like, people, like, fill that void. DJ's played great. Um, so just trying to fill that void with anything we can. And JB did a good job doing that. DJ is always searching for the rim. Every always. Every, every always. time he gets the ball, he wants to get to the rim, you, you, rim and throw it down. You, you can kind of tell, like, when he takes that first step, like, you, you can tell yep. he's going to dunk it. Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. you see us on the bench, second he lifts that ball up, like, everyone just stands up because – Something's gonna happen, right? You, you know he's, Something's you know he's, happen. you know he's at least gonna try. He and Jalen probably the best, Jaylen, yeah. the best two athletes. Jalen Williams, yeah. Jalen Williams, that is. But uh, so you guys have the uh, the six game losing streak in in mm, conference play tough. to end the year, uh, right until uh, the Portland game in the in the regular season finale, who you then went on to beat yeah. in in the WCC tournament. What was uh, kind of Coach Sendek's messaging going into that final regular season home game when you guys had lost six straight and you're taking on the worst team in the conference. Yeah, you know, that game, I think, was a huge testament to our character as a team. You had – I wasn't playing because of my sprained ankle. Right. Trey wasn't playing because of his concussion. Um, and then Willie just got out of the game, hearing himself yeah. again, so he was gone. And you have – so right now you have eight guys that are healthy. Right, that are playing, mm. and then you have Portland, who hasn't won a conference game, and they hadn't won since January fourth. Yeah, so they haven't won that game, and then you're kind of trying to find the balance, like, like yeah, we should kick their ass, but then again, like we're missing starters, so like you have no excuse right now. So it's kind of like, right. like winning is hard, and like this is not going to be easy. I know you guys think that, you know, but like it's not like the other team is just going to roll over and be like, I'm oh, saying. we're bad. So the message was like, like winning is hard, and like this is a must win, and like we have to win. So it's not going to be easy. They're not going to come in here and give it to you. Like you just got to take it from them. And yeah. you know we, they did a good job of that. Did you uh, personally? 
I, I imagine the St. Mary's game might be the answer uh, to yeah. what, what's your favorite game of yeah. the year. What was your favorite moment? But outside of that St. Mary's game, yeah. are there any games or moments that really stick out in your mind that, that you'll remember when you yeah. look back on the 2019-2020 campaign? Hopefully not the last college basketball game you ever play. Oh, that's that's the goal. <laughs> I got out of the year of eligibility left. Hopefully they don't take that. But uh, funnest game, Cal was, Cal was really fun. Love playing at Cal. Uh, I love playing Cal at home. Um, they beat us a year before, so you know, beating them and then we just we just like we just like we we, we kicked their ass like mm. beat them by like twenty and like especially what they did to us last year, we kind of flipped the scripts on them. So right. I think that was just overcoming what we did last year. And then and Cal this year is better than they were last exactly. year. Exactly, way better, way better. They they, they found their rhythm late. They're, 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 um, they, did they win their conference game or no? Yeah, they won. I think they finished seventh or eighth in in the Pac twelve okay, or so. I know Washington State just beat. Um, Watch they be Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I'm Colorado's not that good. I mean, they were like they were like a two, three seed. They were they were top twenty five for most of the yeah, year. Yeah, they were projected as a five seed at one point. I'd be shocked if. Well, now they're projected as a zero exactly. seed along with everybody else. <laughs> but they were projected as a as high as a five. But yeah. I think they were going to fall back into the seven or eight range, which I think is more appropriate. All right, that that'll uh, that'll be a nice transition into the WCC tournament, uh, which of course ended on on Tuesday with Gonzaga's victory over. St. Mary's, so they avenged their loss from a season ago. Uh, Some people might have been a little surprised that St. Mary's was able to knock off BYU. I certainly was. The Cougars had been playing some really good basketball. You guys played them only once this year up in Provo and gave them a good run for their money. That's a good basketball team. That was, yeah. I know you come into the season, great coaching staff. They got a new new coaching staff, great, great staff. Um, Yoli Childs coming back. So before the year knew I came, I knew they were going to be good. Yeah. Uh, so much shooting. I, I don't know Toulson was that good either. Dude, I had no idea. Great pickup for them. Huge pickup. So you got. It just comes out of nowhere, and he's lighting it up lighting every it up. week. They got five guys that can 40-plus percent from three, best three-point shooting team in the country. That's I'm I'm so surprised. St. Mary, credit to St. Great job, St. Mary's. Yeah. I. It's honestly the classic St. Mary's way to classic. win that kind of game. Is you got this big, high-powered offense. St. Mary's gets a rebound. We're just going to hold it. Hold it. Make you guard. We're going to start our offensive set when that shot clock gets down to 10. Yeah. And, and, and it not. worked. Yeah. They, they, they got them twice this year. BYU only got them once. Yeah, so. I know. I, it, it really is impressive because on paper, BYU should blow them by out. By far. BYU should, Way should, bigger, should blow them out. By far. Yeah. But all right, let's, let's get into the games here. So starting with the game against Portland on Thursday, you guys had come in having lost uh, each year previous to WCC tournament games. Uh, you were the only one who was actually on that team that lost uh, to a 5-25 and 25 Pepperdine squad that shot 71% from the floor yeah. a couple of years ago. Uh, I remember w- watching that one, and the shots just kept falling one after the ridiculous. other. It was ab- one of the most absurd offensive performances I think I've ever seen. But with all that context in mind, uh, what were you feeling personally coming into uh, the WCC tournament this year, trying to snap that losing streak? Yeah, stick? you know, being the only guy that was on that team, which is crazy to think about because it was only, only yeah. two years ago, like, I couldn't really relay that message to where people would understand me because they weren't there for it. So I was out with an ankle injury, so I didn't play the previous two games. And it was at, it was at a point where, you know, I, I could play or I could sit out, but the biggest thing, like, I couldn't, I couldn't, even if we lost, I couldn't let myself go out like that. So right. threw on some tape, ankle brace, wrapped my foot up. Trainer said, trainer you, said you can play if yeah, you want. Yeah, the coach, the trainer said, it's on you. Um, if you feel comfortable playing, you feel go ahead and play. Then I warmed up uh, 
a couple days before i was moving around um then we got to vegas for shoot around moving up like running around feeling fine i was like you know what i have to so go out there it's a it's 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 hard to lose three tournament games in a row. You know, you can't leave right. your career saying I didn't win a tournament game. So, you know, even though I only played 13 minutes, I'm so happy we got that one. And, uh, yeah, it was just it was just like a it was, it was a really good win. And it was our 20th win of the year. Yeah. So that was. First 21 season first, uh, in, in the last seven years yeah. for Santa Clara. Uh, certainly a good threshold for Herb Sendek in his fourth season who's clearly got the, the program trending upwards as well. And every player on this roster coming back every next year, one. every single one. There are not a lot of teams in college basketball can that, that can say that. That's a lot yeah. of experience. That's a lot of chemistry that returns. So you guys get the 76-62 to 62 victory in round one of the WCC tournament yeah. against Portland. Uh, Caruso did, did not even suit up, but no. that didn't stop your guys' offense from really not. coming out with a force early and often. Now you and Trey... Yeah. Uh, Trey Wirtz, the point guard, of course, came off the bench, and the guys who had started the previous game against Portland were able to get it done. They were led by DJ Mitchell with 17 points. Uh, what makes him so difficult, particularly for Portland to stop? Yeah, DJ DJ's a skilled four, and you know Portland, their form, their four men are usually either like guards or they're straight bigs, and DJ's in between that. Right. So he's athletic. He can shoot. He can post. He can rebound. He can defend. So it's kind of like how are you going to match up with him? So you put a big guy on him, he drives by you. you put a little guy on him, throw him in the post. So I think Portland's biggest problem was every time we played them, he had a great game. Yeah. And the problem with that was they just didn't have anyone that can, that can like match up with him. Right. So, I mean, he did a great job. Yeah, I think he, I think he was guarded a lot by Jacob Tryon. And, yeah. Uh, I remember in the first game, uh, or the second game the of the season, games. rather. Both yeah, games. yeah, both he games. Blew he, by him for he, he, yeah, he's able to just get by him because he's way more athletic. athletic. And yeah. like what you were talking about earlier, once he gets that step and he sees he's the rim gone. and he cradles yeah. the ball, you know exactly, yeah, this, exactly the, the what he's going The second DJ takes his first dribble, first step, you just see in his eyes, like, get out the way. Yeah. So everyone, like, even like, I'll be on the court and I look up, I just start running back on defense because you're not... Like so, so, something's something's happening. Like you just gotta like I just know. Uh, there be times where he just takes off. I'm just like staring. You just like <laughs> it's just something's bound to happen. Yeah, you know he is certainly uh, an athletic athletic mismatch for the Portland Pilots. So he had 25 points in the season finale uh, against Portland, and then he had 17 points in that game as well. Now you mentioned that you and Trey Words did not play in the regular season yeah. finale against Portland or the game before that but you both ended up playing in this one Trey had 13 points and five assists off the bench you in 13 minutes put up eight points and four rebounds when you first got onto the court knowing that you were trying to manage the ankle were you playing differently or cautiously for sure at all? for sure after that game there was a pain in my calf which I never experienced for in my entire life because I was trying to compensate right so I was in it wasn't like it got to the point where like my ankle was fine I could do whatever I want but it was my calf oh gotcha I was just doing different movements so I guess I kind of adjusted the way I was playing. And honestly, I didn't think about it too much when I was in the moment. Like running back on defense, you know, okay, like, oh, you kind of think about it, don't jog to her. But like when I got the ball, it was just, I was cool. Like I didn't think about it at all, didn't feel it at all. Got through the game, no problem. But after the game, it was a different story. Right. So, yeah, that, that's just. Wow. But then you had to lock and reload for, yeah, for the next 20, day. Yeah, you got 24 hours yeah. to reload and you're back at it. Yeah, so. but you guys picked up a, a pretty solid and easy victory yeah. against Portland in, in that round one game. The offense, uh, though not super hot from beyond the arc, had a lot of success inside. Uh, was it mostly matchups that was allowing you guys to do that? I think I think it was. Um, we got the, uh, we got their two two centers f- 
four fouls in the first half. Right. I know personally for me, I their their backup uh, big. I got him. Akuba. I got him, I got him five fouls. I think all five of his personal fouls were on me. <laughs> I'm fairly positive because I came in, I came in and I I shot like eight free throws that game. Yeah. And I think they were all like every six. Single. You had you had one field goal. You had six free yeah, throws. Yeah. So six. Yeah. And I think they were all on him. So. Yeah, you guys just having just having a good day. It was, off, it was a good day. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna play any audio for uh, for you guys from that game. I was uh, a little under the weather, <laughs> uh, and my voice was a little hoarse. So I'm not gonna make you suffer through that. The next game against Pepperdine was uh, was a little bit better. So we'll start to work in highlights here, as always. So you get the round one win, then you move on to Pepperdine the very next day. Uh, first time all year playing back to back games. Yeah. Really, what, what's that like? Uh, it was tough. You know, I feel bad for the guys that played 30-plus minutes because we didn't really have a lot of options off the bench. Right. Uh, even if we were up by, like, 50, we didn't really have a lot of options. So, for me, it was easy. I mean, I was got I played 13, so I wrapped my, my ankle up again, and I'm fresh, right? But for other guys, you know, it's a lot of just recovery, trying to ice, normatech, sleep a certain way, keep your legs up, don't move around too much. Instead of doing a walkthrough in a gym, we'll do it in a hotel, just – Trying to preserve as much energy as you can for the next game. Yeah. Were you guys staying at the Orleans? No, we were staying at the Westin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so even we got a more fun place to stay. We were at the Newark, New York. What was that? Uh, it's on the Strip. I didn't see it. Oh, it's what like, it uh, it's got three buildings, one of which resembles the Empire State Building. I know and then exactly one is, where that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, yeah, all, all you had to say was the Empire State. Yeah, and I knew exactly where that was. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that, that's, where, that's where we were at with our KC broadcast team. But so... You guys' season comes to an end, eighty-four to seventy-three at the hand of the Pepperdine Waves. Is the third time you guys had lost to him uh, this season. What was it about him that's such a tough matchup for you? Yeah, the the first two years, no, especially last year, it was the same team. I'm pretty sure they had all their guys, and we swept them last year. Yeah, uh, and the year before that, we swept them too. Besides the conference tournament, but we we swept them my last four times. So it was weird. Just this is, I think it was just a matchup problem. You know, we uh, the first game we did a good job matching up with them because you know their their five man uh, Cam he's he's more of a guard, and I think it's tough for JB to get thrown on him like that because yeah. you know he's just like he's no post presence he's just gonna drive right by him. That's like DJ Mitchell on on Jacob Tryon really. Exactly. It's like Cam Edwards is more of an athlete than Jaden Betty. Yeah, Yaka. so that they just took advantage of that, and I mean Kobe Ross, of course Kobe Ross um, yeah. played great, hit the game winning shot in my face that first game, um, when they 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 blew us out the. The like this, no, at their place they blew us out, and then here they blew us out. So, I mean, it was tough. You, you it's just one of those games that you just can't find a way to win, and it's unfortunate because I think if we won that game, I think momentum was on our side. You know, we're we're going, we're playing St. Mary's, which has been a good matchup for you. Great matchup, even when yeah. I was out. You know, it was, it was yeah. a four. Like it was it was a very close game, and like it could go either way. So I mean, it's just tough to lose like that to that team again. But again, just like I said before, that was going to be so much fuel. I mean, just keep on pushing us, motivating us. So you got to take it how it is. You won't be the only senior on the team next year who wants to come back and exactly. and get a little bit more momentum. You'll have DJ Mitchell, Taj, uh, yeah. and then the older, and then you know, the other guys are gonna be juniors and sophomores. So it's yeah. not like I'm a freshman anymore. So I right. know that the season's way too short. So. Right, right. Well, you guys actually did a pretty good job of keeping Colby Ross in check. He was yeah. now 18 points is quote-unquote keeping Coley Ross in check. It is. But that's because he was 5 of 18 yeah. from the floor. I think you guys defended him 
pretty well, but Cam Edwards was certainly a problem. Twenty one points, yeah. sixteen rebounds. Like yeah. we were like we were talking about athletically, he's yeah. he's a lot to deal with. And it was a sluggish offensive start for um for the Broncos. It, it got to twenty three to five in the first five, six minutes of action. And Colby Ross, though he, he did struggle for the rest of the first half, uh, was leading the Pepperdine charge early. Ross step back straight on three, he rattles it home. Colby Ross with a smile on his face. The lead is back to nine. 12 to 3 is the score. Three and a half gone by in the first half. So Pepperdine races out to that, that early lead. Uh, you know, really everyone was getting in on the action. Chavez hit a three. Kobe Ross hit a shot. The Edwards brothers were uh, doing what they do so regularly. When you get down like that early, what, what is the team mentality? We just got to find a way to win. It's, it's, it's a long game. You got 40 minutes. So, you know, they, they, they jumped out on us like good for them. Um, you know, there's still 35, 30 minutes left to play. So just chipping in one possession at a time, you can't really get caught up on like trying to like score all 20 points at once, you know, just media by media, minute by minute, possession by possession, just try to win every possession that we can. And I think we did a good job uh, fighting back. You know, we, we didn't quit, but they just jumped out on too big of a lead. We, we, we couldn't, we couldn't find the barrier. We, we couldn't come like single digits. So it was a sign of a like a desperate way to just try to find a win. Yeah, offensively, you guys started two of twelve from yeah. the floor. It was certainly a struggle, but you didn't start in this game either. You yeah. came off the bench, but then you provided a little bit of an offensive spark, and this was a much needed bucket for the Broncos in the first half of the game. Santa Clara, the win last night over Portland, 76-62. Here's Frankich at the right block, backing down on Kessler Edwards, the sophomore, goes up with the left hand, flips it up, gets the roll, plus the foul. Now, you hear there, and you've probably heard throughout the season, if you listen to any KSU broadcast, that Josef Rankic shot that ball with his left hand. Now, he shoots jumpers and free throws with his right hand, but, mm-hmm. Josip, you're a lefty. Yeah, so riding, um, kicking a soccer ball, throwing a football, um, hitting a baseball, swinging a golf, anything, anything you can name is all with my left hand. But I just, I literally, the only thing I do with my right hand is just shoot jumpers, and that's it. So how did you come to shoot jump shots with your right yeah. hand? Yeah, so I was, I was, I, really, I want to say I was in the fourth or fifth grade. I just started playing basketball. You know when you're a kid, you shoot with two hands? Yeah. Right? So I broke my left one. So but I would still go to practices, and then when I go to practice, my dad would sit me under a basket and say, use just one hand, the left hand's broken, and just shoot. So like before, I went from two hands to just shooting with one hand out of just, just I guess, I don't want to say luckily breaking my hand, but it definitely helped me out, like, breaking my hand. Yeah. Because when I watch the games, it seems like because you shoot right-handed, everyone will play you to go right because you're a righty, and then you use that to get back to your left. Yeah, that before college, um, definitely such a, like, misconception, like, deceived everyone. Like, no one knew I was going left, but you got scouting reports in college and stuff now, so it's hard, but... Growing up, oh, no one had any idea I was I was left-handed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is that is absolutely awesome. Uh, but continuing in with the the Pepperdine game, so that bucket was kind of the, the Broncos' first signs of life offensively, but it was still a, an early deficit for Santa Clara, and the Waves really just stayed hot. They can get out and transition and run yeah. in a hurry, and they've got a lot of three-point shooters as well. So Pepperdine with the ball up by 11. Cameron Edwards straight on, drives past Josef Frankich, falls down, kick out Altman in the far corner, drives to the free throw line, and he knocks down the jumper. It's 16-3. to Pepperdine is 7 of 10 from the floor. Five and a half gone by in the first half. Santa Clara needs buckets in a hurry. 
Sophomore from Nigeria has got a nice shooting touch. Here's Jordan Williams on the right wing. Drives in the lane, up with the left hand. Missed the layup. Had a great look, but put it up too strong off the rim. Rebound Cameron Edwards. Here's Polk, far corner three. You bet. So Pepperdine comes out. They continue their hot shooting. We saw that uh, at the Levy Center back in January as well when uh, when they ended your guys' 17-game yeah, home streak, winning streak. Yeah. Uh, what is it about Pepperdine that allows them to have so much success in transition like we heard right there? They're just such an explosive team. They got five guys that just pushes it and run like crazy. They're all athletes. Um, they play very sporadic defense, too. They're kind of all over the place, so they use that to fuel their transition. And, um, I, you know, we, we, we tried to stop them in transition, and that was a big focal point for us. But when the team starts running, you know, it's hard to stop, and we're missing our shots, so... They're getting easy breaks. You know, when you miss an easy one, another team hits like a dagger on you. It's, it's hard to overcome that. But it's kept on getting out on us. We, we we couldn't do a good job um, stopping their runs. And, you know, they, they they beat us in the end. So you guys ended the half on a 6-0 run with a couple of nice defensive sequences. But that cut the deficit to 41-26 to at the half. When you got into the locker room uh, there in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena, you know, not your home crowd yeah. or not your home arena or a place that you're used used to playing. When you get into the locker room there uh, in that particular halftime, what was Coach Sendek saying to you guys? The message was we got we to gotta play defense. You know, I know our shot's not falling, but we have, to, we have to stop them. You know, they're they're making everything against us and there's no resistance. So just finding ways to get stops was a huge focal, focal point for us. We said try to get as many three in a row stops. You know, if we if we can make them score one one of every four possessions, you know, that's great for us. So try to string in as many of, you know, three in a row stops as possible. And that was something that we just, we tried, we tried to buy, we, we wanted to buy into, but it was just tough because they kept on hitting their shots and, you know, so much talent on that team and we, we, we just couldn't stop them. Yeah. Santa Clara did come out in the second half with a strong showing initially. You know, you gave up a couple buckets here, but then you started to chip yeah. away, chip away at the lead until Trey Wirtz hit this shot, which finally got the deficit back under 10, which was as high as 21 at one point. Yeah. Santa Clara attacking the right basket down by night. Jalen Williams straight on, holds the ball at his right hip. Now feeds Tajidi Kurlinoff straight on the WCC Loco. Works his way to the near corner, wheels away to the baseline. Williams to Wirtz on the far side, steps in for a long two, puts it in! Trey Wirtz makes it a nine-point game. It's 49-40 to 40 as we approach six minutes gone by in the second half. A lot of energy for the Broncos, and it's going to be a timeout for the Waves. So that got the deficit to within nine, but uh, there were a couple of moments where you guys would get it from you know a 16, 17, 18-point deficit down closer to 10, but then Pepperdine seemingly was able to make key stops or make key shots in moments in that second half where it seemed like you guys were ready to make the big run to make it a, a two or three possession game, but they were able to just keep responding. Yeah, they just kept on making plays when we needed them not to. Uh, every time we made a play, they made another one. We hit a three, they hit a three. So it just we we couldn't we couldn't get it to under nine. We just kept on fighting and trying, but we just couldn't crack that. Yeah, and then you know the deficit got back to eleven, but then you hit this shot uh, a few moments after that Trey Wirtz bucket to get the deficit back to nine once again. They're down 13, five minutes gone by in the second half. Edie curls off on the near side, drives in the lane, handoff, Rankage to the right block. Going up against Ohi Obioha. Left-hand power dribble into the lane, up with the left hand, puts it in, and the foul! Josef Frankich got the roll. He's got a chance to make it a 10-point game. 
This is the closest Santa Clara has been since the midway point in the first half. It's a 6-0 Broncos run, and Josef Frankich's sprained ankle and all is getting it done. When, you, when you're working on, uh, on Cameron Edwards there into the lane and you've got the sprained ankle, are you conscious of that at all as you're making your move, or are you just running on, on adrenaline not at that e- point? Not even a little bit. Everything, everything just goes numb. You don't feel anything. You're kind of just... You're just playing and just hoping the best. You know, you can't even think about something like that. It's just in the moment, adrenaline's pumping. It's nothing but you and you in the game, and that's it. Yeah, there were, uh, like I said, a couple of moments where it looked like you guys were going to make a run. But defensively, Pepperdine started to do a really good job on the perimeter. That seemed yeah. to be a theme for all three games this year against the Waves. They're very athletic. They're very, you know, like you said earlier, sporadic at the defensive end. Does that make them harder to dribble drive against? Yeah, they're definitely one of those teams where you got to be patient with. you got to wait till they make a mistake because they, they, they do make a lot. But they do a good job making up for it. They, they're not, not that big in size, so, you know, they, they struggle against size. But they do a good job making the guys on the perimeter, um, like, scramble and hurry, so it's hard to get the ball down there. Uh, so they, they just did a really good job with the game plan. They were doing some crazy stuff on ball screens, but, you know, it seems crazy in the moment. But looking back at it, you know, it was a great coverage. They did a great job, really athletic. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah, well, down the stretch, you guys uh, really never let the game get out of control again like it was in, in the first half, a couple of moments where Pepperdine had a 21 or 20-point lead. Once you made those early runs in the second half, uh, you were able to really keep the deficit. I, I don't think it ever got over 14, really. Mm-hmm. It always felt like you were within striking distance, especially in college basketball yes, in March. Yeah. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Sadly, we don't get any of that madness <laughs> this year. I might just have to watch all the old games on, yeah. on YouTube. Rerun the, yeah, just, uh, just, the just, just to relive it. Or maybe I'll watch all the uh, Loyola Chicago exactly. games or something. Like i I got to get my, uh, my need in March satisfied somehow. But... Um, like I said, the game never really got out of, out of hand again, and uh, you guys certainly never gave up. And DJ Mitchell was fighting even in the last few moments until he fouled out of this game on a somewhat questionable call. Mm. Um, but he he kept fighting, and he didn't have his most efficient day from the floor, but he kept grinding away. DJ Mitchell back into the game, handles straight on, trying to find Brankish down low, but can't. Pumping now driving the lane, up with the right hand, and he banks it in off the glass. Right over the top of Cameron Edwards. DJ Mitchell staying aggressive. He's got 13 points, and it's 64-54 to 54 with six and a half to go. So that was kind of the the last-ditch effort right there. You guys were, were, in, were within 10 points, but then down the stretch, Pepperdine is able to close you out, particularly on the glass. Cameron Edwards yeah. had a season-high 16 rebounds. He, he's just a lot to deal with down there. He is. Uh, he caused a lot of problems. Really athletic. Um, hard, hard to match up against. Uh, but he's been doing it for such a long time. You know, he unfortunately, in early his career, he had a lot of injuries, but he had a nice, like, last two seasons, played great. Um, he's just he's just tough. He's, he's so tough, aggressive. Just he's physical. Board. He is he's, very physical, he's, yeah. He, like, he, he's very aggressive. Yeah. Like, he's... If he wants to get inside, he's, he's going to go. Yeah, he's yeah. going to go get inside, yeah. whether it's with athleticism or or just brute strength. So Santa Clara ultimately fell in round two of the WCC tournament, eighty four to seventy three, ending their first twenty one season in seven years. In year four of head coach Herb Sendek, uh, Taj Eady and DJ Mitchell led the way 
for the Broncos with 15 points apiece after this man, Yosef Frankich, who had 18 points, sprained ankle and all. Uh, it's it, it's just one of those things where you just yeah. suck it, you just you suck it up suck and go it for it. You got to pay for the consequences later, not in the moment. So, <laughs> well, you got you got the entire off season exactly off season to rest now. Uh, as you look ahead to next year, we've talked on on this episode about how there are no seniors on this team now. Uh, a guy like Tajidi will be playing his fifth year of basketball next year. DJ Mitchell as well because they both sat out a year. Uh, due to transfer rules, but you guys bring everyone back. How much confidence does that give you and the rest of the guys? It's a lot. Uh, we know what we're capable of. Uh, there's no building chemistry. There's no meshing. There's no freshmen. Um, there's not a lot of excuses we can come up with. You know, it's just so much confidence, so much chemistry. Uh, we know what we're, we know what we like when we're at our best. We know what we like when we're at our worst. We, like, we, we know how to handle the situations. And it's going to be huge, especially in conference play, when this year, you know, we lacked a lot. We couldn't close out close games. But next year, hopefully, we have the experience and we have the guys to be able to, you know, just fight adversity and get as many wins as possible. Now, on a team like this where you're bringing back literally everyone on the roster, except for my guy, Matt Hayes, uh, practice squad player. I miss that guy. Uh, I know. He's an absolute legend. one One of the most... Genuine individuals you could yes, ever it's meet. Just, yeah, I'm so happy I met him. I'm so happy. Learned so much from that guy, yeah. man. Just day in, day out, hardest worker I've seen. Uh, just love the kid. Really do. He's 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 awesome. Yeah, no, I I've I've gotten to know him as well. He's from Oregon, so oh, that's okay. kind of our our, oh, connection, trust me, our connection there. But so everyone who plays is going to be back next year. Do you think that the coaching staff is still going to want to bring in freshmen? What do you mean by that? Like that year? Yeah, like 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 this upcoming year. If you're yeah. bringing back everyone on your roster, yeah. do you want to bring in new freshmen who will compete for playing time, yeah. or do you want to put it off for a year and look to I the think, the next class? I think I think we're good where we're at. I don't think we're going to bring anyone in. Um, it's tough because you only have a certain amount of scholarships too. Right. So, you know, we we filled all those. So unless I don't know, like an unseeable circumstance where someone transfers or something, then maybe we could pick up a freshman or a grad transfer or something. But from what it's looking like, you know, we'll have. 13 of the same guys back, uh, all our scoring, all of everything. So hopefully we'll, we'll keep what we got going and bring it to a different level. Plus you'll have, uh, you maybe see Miguel Tomley exactly. play, who did not play at all uh-huh. this year. Uh, what have you seen from him in practice that you like that uh, Santa Clara fans can be excited about? Yeah, Miguel is he's a scorer. You know, that's what he does. He puts up points. Best shooter I think I've been around. Um, great, yeah, great scorer. It's what he does. You know, he's a fellow Canadian guy, so... <laughs> Luckily to be around him a little bit before, uh, but you know in the league he was in Canada. He was just he had a sixty point game, fifty point game. So that's what he does. Well, there's certainly uh, plenty to look forward to. So you, you get the sixth seed in the WCC tournament last year. Tough draw against San Diego in, yeah. in the second round because that is a team that ended up making it to the semifinals yeah. of the WCC tournament last year. But so you're the sixth seed going into the tournament last year. You're the seventh seed this year when you have that type of end of the season projection in mind where do you think that this team can get in in the WCC final standings but then also in the tournament yeah the goal the goal is to be top four you know definitely having those two buys helps out a lot don't don't want to play in game again I think uh, as a program we've had enough of that Um, we don't want to go back to that point and even that single single play even a single buy I mean we're not we're not a fan of that either so I think the goal for us now is to finish the top four. Uh, if we could do that, we'll have two buys. We'll be well-rested. Uh, we'll have a lot of confidence. 
And honestly, I think we're at a point where we compete with anyone. So same guys coming back, a lot of optimism, uh, energy for next year. Last question I'll ask you, looking ahead to next year, what does it take to beat Gonzaga? Um, I think we we got we got the pieces. It just comes down to how badly we want it. Uh, I don't think that they're going to overmatch us. I think the only year that they've personally, I feel like they beat us was last year. Because last year, I mean, their team was ridiculous. They had five guys. All they had NBA. two guys who were taking in the top 15 yeah, in the no, NBA. That, that team was ridiculous. But other than that, I feel like, you know, we can compete with them. Uh, we're going to have a team now that's, that you can, they can't say, oh, we haven't played in Gonzaga or we haven't played a Gonzaga game before because we all know what it's like. Oh, we all saw what we could do the second game. Um, and I think that, you know, just being together, trying to bind as much as possible, just trusting each other, playing together, um, that's the biggest thing. But it's not – I think that if we beat them, it's not going to be some, you know, uh, like superhero. No one's going to go out and score 100. It's just going to be a collective team thing that we are more than capable of. Well, I'm sad that I, I won't be around to see it. This yeah. is my last episode of the podcast. And, of course, I, I'm graduating and moving on to uh, the middle of Oklahoma, a state of which I have never actually been before. Well, I hope wish you all the best. Thank you. I Thank hope you, you enjoy it. I, I hope I'll enjoy it as well. Hopefully I'll find some things to do in a, pop, in a town with a population of 2,800 people. But I went, I went to high school in the middle <laughs> of nowhere in Utah, so I know what you're going through. <laughs> Maybe I'll re- reach out for some tips then. Yosef yeah. Rankic, Jr. Ford for the Santa Clara Broncos. Great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Man. I had a lot of fun, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, that is going to do it, everybody, for today's episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast. My favorite one to date, ending on a high note uh, with my buddy Yosef Rankic, the forward for the Santa Clara Broncos. Absolute pleasure to have him on as well. And that's going to do it for my time hosting this show. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for following along with this Santa Clara season. I've had an absolute blast uh, doing this podcast and calling the games for Santa Clara. It has been uh, an enjoyable three years, to say the least. And you know, I, I really wouldn't trade it for for the world. Uh, it's 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 been awesome. Uh, I hope that one day this podcast will continue after I depart to go be the broadcaster for Eastern Oklahoma State athletics there is a talented team of broadcasters here at kscu and you know i hope one or or maybe a couple of them will will pick up this podcast and help keep you up to date uh with santa clara sports whenever they start again at this point uh we we have no idea when sports are, are going to become a regular part of our lives again i know that i like many of you are anxiously awaiting that Day. Uh, I'd like to thank Carlton Gillespie and the entire Believe Podcast Network team for allowing me to come on board and do the show this year. It really has uh, helped me tremendously in my pursuit of a broadcasting career, and it has been a tremendous amount of fun. And I'd like to give a shout out to the Santa Clara basketball team uh, for for an awesome season, one that I I certainly can never forget. And um, one that I've enjoyed being a part of more than I, I can really express. And, you know, I, I'm passing the mantle on to uh, a group of people who, like I said, are are talented and dedicated broadcasters, and I look forward to seeing their growth and development as well. But uh, this is the last time that I will host this show. I thank you, everyone, if you've followed along all season long. I am Spencer McLaughlin signing off for one last time. So long, and as always... You have a wonderful rest of your day.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.